in the gospel community spectrum, we're not going to hit ignorance. Can you unpack that a little bit for us? Well, it's the first of the four stages, ignorance, awareness, intentionality, and gospel community. And ignorance would be that stage where, I don't want to make it sound like it's racist people there, uh, because it's not. Usually people in the stage are, I mean, they're, they're, they're not racist. They would love for everybody to get along, but they're unaware that there are issues of race that really need to be talked about and dealt with in order mm -hmm. to be able to move the gospel community. Yeah. Good-hearted people who are just like, you know, just I'm not a racist, so why don't we all get along? Um, when, you know, there's a couple different areas that this shows up in, and we talked about one of them last session, indifference to the struggles and the difference of perceptions. We talked about how um, growing up as a person of color in the United States mm -hmm. is still a different experience than growing right. up. It, it, with all the progress we've made, there's still difference and, right. and you told some stories about about your experience with that um, and being willing to, to to listen to learn to understand why you perceive a problem that maybe somebody like me in the majority culture doesn't perceive because we sit in on the other side of it mm -hmm. um, and it's just, it's undeniable that regardless of what the answer to all of it is it's undeniable that people of color and those of us in the white majority mm -hmm. see that differently yeah. right so that, that's indifference. And then the, the other phrase, you know, part of it is an unwillingness to adapt. Mm. Um, you know, so being part of the majority culture in a church that is filled with the majority culture, then we have certain styles and ways of doing things. And we don't even recognize that everybody may not do it that way because that's the way we do it and that's our world. Right. Um, you know, uh, ways of, um, that we, we lead. Um, of course, obviously styles of music and, and uh, just, different cultural mores that we just learned right. to take for granted. And uh, you know, I mentioned this in the last session, most majority culture people say they would love to be a part of a multicultural church, but what they really want is to be a part of a multicolored church right. where everybody comes in and of different colors acts like they're all a part of our culture. Yeah. And I think that's important to recognize because as you know, we looked at in Acts chapter 10, this is the very thing that Peter, you know, in Judaism and him being a Jew of Jew and all that, it had, it was, that was the idea. You assimilate to the Jewish culture. You got circumcised. You got all the things that to become a Jew and to some degree you had to denounce right. your race. But as we see- Or at the, least leave it at the door. Yeah, at least leave it at the door. But now you see like the progression in Acts, mm. basically what you see taking place in Acts chapter 10 is that you no longer have to be a Jew to be a God follower, right. to be a Christ follower. And Peter, like God had to put Peter in a trance right. in order to kind of get that through to him. Right. But the idea of ignorance, mm -hmm. like as a minority, I kind of like, it kind of hits me a little bit wrong. Right. You know, because when I think about this word ignorance, it's kind of like, I don't have the privilege to be ignorant. Mm -hmm. I am born in a majority culture. I am born in a place where I, my minorityness is, if that's a word, minorityness. Yep, it is now. My minorityness forces me to recognize that right. I am a minority. So, kind of tying it with Peter, is it ignorance? I mean, how do you frame it? And how does my minorities in your church? I mean, have right. you ever discussed that? Well, I see it on two major fronts. Okay. Um, one is there is most of us in the majority culture haven't realized how pervasive and deep racism was in the story of the United States. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, from the very beginning, there was slavery, uh, even when things are reversed. I mean, you know, the, the Jim Crow laws, some of the just unjust economic mm -hmm. practices mm -hmm. that have shaped present realities. Right. Right. I, I mean, you know, I read one, about one the other day, um, uh, in 1944, the GI Bill, right, was a, a bill sponsored by our government that gave mortgages 
To, there were 67,000 mortgages that were given on the GI Bill. Less than 100 went to people of color, mm -hmm. which meant that that white people had the ability to move out of the cities into the suburbs, and it, it kind of continues on to this day. But many of our you know brothers and sisters of color didn't have that option, and that's led to the creation of you know, mm -hmm. some of the ghettos and that type of thing. Yeah. Well, I mean, regardless of how you, we want to address that, that, that's a past injustice that has affected mm. current and present realities, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and in addition to that, there are, there is like, there was a, there was a, a stereotype that undergirded a lot of the myths that went around why slavery was okay. Right. You know, it was like, well, you, you know, um, this race is inferior. And, and, and those stereotypes, we can, we can conquer them with our minds in, in one sense, but there can still be a perception. I, I've got a, an, a, an African-American friend who says, he says, sometimes when I walk into a room, I feel like I have to prove that I'm smart, yeah. I'm articulate, I got to prove that I'm responsible. He says, mm -hmm. it's, it, it's a burden that I carry that yeah. you just may not be aware because you've just, you've just sort of taken it. You know, yeah, I call it the, inferior, the inferiority complex. Huh. You know, and really what it is, is a lot of times when you feel like you are inferior to someone or you've been taught that you've been inferior. You, for you, a couple hundred years. Yeah, for a couple hundred years, you've been right. taught that you're less than human, you're, you know, you don't deserve this, you drink over here, or I'll drink over here, whatever it may be. So a lot of times you take on these kind of self-fulfilling prophecies that either, okay, you call me inferior and you think I'm going to act this way, then I'm going to take it on and I'm going to act that right. way. Or I'm going to have to prove to you that I'm more than that. But I, a lot of times I try to teach our church is that James chapter one talks about to those who are privileged, you need to think more lowly of themselves. Mm -hmm. To those who are lowly, you need mm -hmm. to think more highly of yourselves wow. because we are all peers at the foot of the cross. Is that we gotta recognize it and until we recognize that tension, we need to understand. And I think that's an important thing for us to understand, especially as you know churches, because a lot of times we think about, we gotta diversify our churches, so we gotta diversify our staff. And if we diversify our staff, what we need to do is like, hey, let's bring on the black, pe black people or the Hispanic people to right. reach the Hispanics or to reach the black. Right. Like we're feeding into that thing, because what we're saying to some degree as a minority pastor, you know, is that I'm good enough to reach my people, but I can't reach our pastor, the majority culture. And it says something to me. And so now I got to go and prove right. something. Or, and I think that that is right. that thing that we got we to address. Yeah, and, and you almost you kind of alluded to it. What was more evil? Was it the actual laws that enslaved a race? Or was it the assumptions about humanity that undergirded those yeah. laws? Yeah. And we can change the laws, but there's just, it's just, it has effect on the black race. It has effect on on the white race, and there are things that we still just at least need to acknowledge and be working through, and be in a state of repentance and, and praying for each other. Um, another thing that I think is crucial to this conversation is understanding what what justice is in the Bible, mm -hmm. because most of us are grew up with an understanding that justice was um, righting a wrong that somebody else did, right. pulling down the oppressor. Yeah. But throughout the Old Testament, especially books like the Book of Amos. Justice in God's sight is equated with lifting up the oppressed. Yeah. We usually think of lifting up the oppressed as charity. And if yeah. you don't do it, you're stingy. God says actually it's unjust. Anytime the word justice, mishpat in the Old Testament mm -hmm. is used, it's almost always connected to um, the vulnerable, the foreigner, the widow, you know, those mm -hmm. kinds of things. And, and God is saying to Israel, if you're going to be a just, a just people, then you're going to leverage your positions of strength and privilege you're gonna use that to help other people enjoy those same benefits. Yeah. You know, I've heard somebody say that privilege, um, George Yancey, he was a member of a Baptist church in Texas and a Southern Baptist church in Texas and just a very brilliant thinker on this. He said, privileges, privileges are like rights. Yeah. 
Yeah. You don't want to take rights from one person and give them to somebody else. You want to see the rights that one enjoys. You want to see everybody enjoy them. He said, biblically, we want to see the privilege that certain people enjoy in society. We want to see those become the blessing for all people. Mm -hmm. And those who have experienced privilege, whether it's racial privilege or whether it's um, financial privilege and all of us, you know, yeah. experience privilege on some level, um, that we want to leverage that to help extend that to, you know, to others and use our positions to, to be able to, to, to lift people up. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. We talk about the idea of justice and righteousness being that same word. Right. And that, and about having a right relationship with God, right relationship with one another. Mm -hmm. I think that's a critical thing. And I think that's a great distinction that you talk about. This is not charity. Mm -hmm. You know, this is about justice. It's the heart of God. And it's the heart of God. And mm -hmm. so when we miss the heart of God, it is what the Bible called missing the mark, which they call sin. You're not create. You're not treating me in the same way that God has made me. Yeah, and a lot of us in the white community, I think we hear this discussion and we think, well, I, I, I wouldn't. I wasn't even around 50 years ago, you mm -hmm. know, when all this was going down. But in another sense, I am born into a society where the sins of the past have shaped right. the current realities right. and have launched out stereotypes that continue on in the present. Right. And it has also given me some, you know, so, so, some privilege, whether that's, um, you know, cultural characteristics, whether it's, it's access to money and, and, and social networks. And I, I don't have to feel guilty about having, you know, enjoying those privileges, but it does mean that I should be working so that others who don't have the same access you know, they would be able to get them too. And so it's, yeah. it, white guilt is different. That, that, that probably is inappropriate, but to be just and righteous means that I'm gonna use this position so that you can enjoy the same blessings and freedoms in the church and in society that, that, that I enjoy. Yeah, a lot of times I talk about it's taking initiative for the benefit of others, right? Mm -hmm. this, this is a part of that, that God took initiative. He didn't scream from the heavens and say, get saved, get it right. No, right. Jesus what came from heaven to earth. Too. Yeah. You know, you know that. Well, you should so, go with that. You know, but like he came from heaven to earth. And I think that is a critical thing is this him being right. the ultimate privilege, like he, God, came down right. to reach us and so, so that we can have, up. yeah, so that we can have a relationship. And I think it's critical because right. we see all throughout the scriptures that this idea of baptizing all nations, right? Go, in Acts chapter one and eight, it says, you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, uttermost parts of the world. But we see in Acts chapter six, you know, going before Acts chapter 10, that they was like, no, 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 no. I prefer us as building this thing, 50, over 50,000 Jews worshiping right. the Lord and loving it. And then the guy had to bring persecution to get him out. And, in that, and then it was in Acts chapter 10 that he started having to interact with the Judea and Samaria right. of the world in the uttermost parts. And, it's, and if you recognize, it wasn't until Acts, in, you know, in Acts chapter 10, they had to start dealing with kind of doctrinal issues because they had to just like, how Jewish does a right. person have to be in order to be Christian? And I think that's the conversation that we're constantly having that, to ask. Which brings up one thing I think is critical in this session, and, 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 and we talk about it, is the, the uh, willingness to adapt and the discomfort. Yeah. Um, I would imagine, uh, and I've heard uh, our, some of our members of color say this, that, man, when they come into a white majority church, they're just aware from the beginning they're gonna have to adapt to something as simple as worship style, yeah. to length of service, to how we do things. That if we're serious about it, it means that we're gonna have to be committed to be uncomfortable sometimes as well. A willingness a comfort with being uncomfortable. Yeah. That it, one of my friends, Vance Pittman, you know, yeah. you know, Vance out in Las Vegas, he says the sign 
that you're in a multicultural church is that sometimes you feel uncomfortable. Yeah. He said, if you feel comfortable all the time, he says, you're not in a multicultural church. You're, if it, at best, you're in a multicolored one. And we've got to be willing to say, okay, we've got gospel things we don't compromise on, obviously. Nobody's saying that, but we are wanting this to um, have the, uh, you know, realize that it's not white culture that should necessarily define yeah. the local church experience. And I love what you're talking about with that idea of uncomfortability. A lot of times when people in privilege, you know, they ask, the majority culture asks that question, well, how do we, how do we really engage? How do we do it? How do we understand even going back to the inferiority complex? Mm -hmm. A lot of times I tell them, have you ever took a mission trip hmm. to a foreign country? I was like, do you remember all the insecurities that you had mm. when you were speaking the language mm. and you were, the kids were laughing at how you said, hello, how am I, you know, right. like those, those insecurities, will they accept me? Will they mm. like those insecurities? Just imagine that, mm. but also imagine that you're not going anywhere. You're there. Right. That's where you, you live. That's, that's where you, you live. And that's the idea in the mindset that oftentimes minorities who are in a culture that they are perpetually the minority and have to kind of become bilingual in order to win. Right. If that's a, if that's a, a, a thing. And I think that that's a critical piece. Right that we have to acknowledge when we we're in this ignorance phase. And right. I think that's what Peter, you know, in there, when he went from going in and God had to put him in a trance to, you know, and seeing that God was working among the Gentiles in the same way that he was working among the Jews. And I think that was critical when he had to go one from having to be converted to when right. the next set of Jews came in and they was just like, we don't, what, what's up with these, these Gentiles? And right. he was like, hold up, hold up. Remember the stuff that happened to us in Acts chapter two? That happened to them, right? And I'm a witness, and I think that's really critical. And so I'm really, right. I'm really excited as we kind of move to awareness yep. and begin to address that in the next phase. Yeah, which is going to be built on relationships, and that's what we're getting to because that, those are the critical piece, the relationships to be able to move us there. So that'll be a good session. Amen.